I mean, bringing Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC is going to make it harder for, I would venture to say, a majority of the schools to get in the playoff. Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I are joined by Seth Emerson of The Athletic to discuss conference realignment, among other things. But before we get to that, John and I also took a few minutes to get caught up as we hadn't talked to each other without a special guest in quite some time. As always, remember you can follow us on social media at My Got a Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, five stars obviously, and review the show. If you leave us a review, you just might hear it on an upcoming episode. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. So what, last time, last? When is the last time that it was just the two of us? Trying to think here. So we had. <laughs> Apparently, we, had, we need guests. We need more guests. We just because <laughs> we're out of them. We just had Logan. We had what was before that? John and Hunter. We had Logan, John and Hunter. Okay. And we had Carter yeah, with Logan. Carter with Logan. Well, yeah, I can't leave out the most famous of all. The most famous the Master on, Chief. On the last. Um, we had we had Chase. We had our oh wait that was the you know under the. Under the My Got a pa- My Got a Podcast Stories brand, we had we had Chase <laughs> and, and talked through Chase, all that. Chase, yep, that's true. We had so, the iconic and we had the dog sports dog sports live crossover. Yeah, so the last time it was just the two of us talking was uh, our April twenty second uh, post GD episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a summer of guests, special guests. That's right. That's right. So. Um, so what school started today for the kids, right? Schools. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Jim. The the kids are off to school. The, my oldest started eighth grade and then I've got fourth grade and then I've got second grade and then preschool. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's all crazy. And the moms are all in their feelings about it. (laughs) (laughs) uh we you know it's the 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 difference between i guess not all of georgia because i know like my my niece and nephew are not they're not back yet um well my niece and nephew that are that that attend school at this point my other nephew isn't in school yet but now they they don't go back for a couple of weeks um they're in forsyth county um but shoot we don't we don't go back here in north carolina for like three weeks so we're now granted we had three more weeks of school uh, at the end of last year as compared to you guys, but we're, we're still full, full summer mode, but, um, but we do have soccer, yeah. soccer practice uh, starting up next week. So we'll, we're about to get back into the swing of things there. So y'all start soccer before you start school. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that we had did that because we started school today, and today also happens to be the first day of soccer practice. Our first mm. tournament this weekend. We, <laughs> we have like, okay, so that's basically how we're going to be because we have soccer practice next week, and then that following weekend we've got a tournament. So nice. same, same thing. So always good to get that one week under your belt. And <laughs> for, this is, okay, for sure. This is like all new team for Lily too, like uh, lots of new teammates. So uh Tournament right off the bat. It should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I just had uh, 
so that niece and nephew I was speaking of, they were just here. Frip Dog was here. Uh, our girls were just in the play this last weekend. They were in High School Musical. Uh, high School Musical Junior, I guess they call it. So that was that was that was pretty cool. Had all the family was here and did some grilling on the big green egg and went out to eat as well and good good times were had. And uh, I will say, you know, we were having the that we talked about my dad when we had Chase on and have to report to Chase that my dad showed up in my front door wearing a seven six apparel we run this state t shirt. <laughs> so <laughs> This is laughing. Still, uh, still friend of the brand uh, for seven six is Rip Dog. So that was cracking me up. That's awesome. But, <laughs> but I guess the the other the other big development, right? The kind of drum roll moment is that you guys convinced me to drink bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. I, Welcome I've to been, bourbon Twitter, Jim. <laughs> I've been. I've been. The, I've been the holdout. I've said I don't drink bourbon. I only do beer, and so you can talk about your bourbons, and I can talk about my beers. But the, my arm was twisted enough times, and uh, shout out to the text thread. Uh, went with uh, John tweets, aka Twitter handle change. Now just simply John Smith. We'll still say John John tweets because we can't stop. Uh, made his recommendation, so I went with the Knob Creek Nine for my uh, inaugural. I think that's the first bottle of bourbon. I bought, I mean, at least since like college, I can't really remember what, if any, I bought back then, but I think that made, yeah. that was probably my first bottle. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think you, your, your segue into it was a, was a cocktail, wasn't it? It was a, it was a John Tweet cocktail. And now you're, now you're in the, you put on your big boy pants and went straight. That is true. That is true. I did the revolving door. Uh, like I, and I tried that back like at spring break. Um, he had posted that. So that was like a rye a cocktail with a rye. And then uh, I, I did that again first with this new purchase, but then uh, I don't know. I've got my ice molds. I've got my fancy ice and uh, did my uh, sorry. I just got a, a direct message that is <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. I Okay. I just got distracted by Logan Booker sent me something and I couldn't figure out what in the world he was talking about. And it's the Peloton. <laughs> so, <laughs> just got a Peloton message from Logan and I couldn't figure out what the heck he was talking about. So that's what that was about. Anyways. Um, so now you're Peloton buddies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, there's a, a couple other dog Twitter people that, uh, that I, that we follow each other on the Peloton as well. Um, but, uh, Anyways, yeah, so now I've done, like, the straight pour just over the fancy ice. And uh, I guess I'm kind of, I would say I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I needed it when I watched that SEC Saturdays in the South thing. When I watched the 90s episode, I needed a bourbon to make it through it because that was depressing. I think that was actually the time when I did the uh, my straight pour was that, was that night. Yeah, I kind of I got to say, like, though, <laughs> the way that this has been described, the, that, that, that series was – Somewhat depressing because it's like, it sounds like that they kind of forgot that Georgia was a big part of the SEC. So it's good. It's, I, was, I mean, you should definitely watch it. You should definitely watch it. It's very well done. It's just that as it gets, like the early stuff is all a lot of stuff that like I didn't know. Like 
when the SEC was founded and you get to hear about like Sewanee, which was that team that won like, I don't know, like eight games in six days or I'm, I, I got that backwards, six games in eight days or, or whatever it was. Um, and all that kind of stuff's interesting. And you hear about like how, you know, they ended up leaving the SEC and why, and you, you get through that kind of stuff. And like, you know, you get stuff about when Georgia Tech was in the SEC and Tulane. So that stuff's all really interesting. And then it gets into more of the stuff, kind of stuff that we would know. And it's so like the 80s episode is amazing because the first you know quarter of it is all about the 80 Georgia team, right? So that part's awesome. But then like, I mean, we were kind of in the wilderness, you know, like in the 90s. I mean, we didn't do a whole lot. And it's definitely reflected in the show. What, what was disappointing for me was the 2000s one because the 2000s, like the title name of that episode was something around like, like family, faith, and football. I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like that, right? And like, it seemed like a, like it fit with Mark Richt, right? Is what I thought when I saw the the title of the episode. And then I guess it was actually, it was something that uh, Lou Holtz had said, whatever this quote was. And right. so the whole thing was, okay, so it's faith, family, yeah, I had it, faith, family, and football. And I guess that's something Lou Holtz had said. So the whole opening segment was about Lou Holtz. And I'm like, Lou Holtz, like, we're talking all about Lou Holtz and there was basically no mention of Mark Richt. I mean, the only mention of Mark Richt was uh, the fact that we stormed the field in 2007 against Florida. And then that motivated Florida to beat us in 2008. Like <laughs> that was like the only mention of it. So I don't know, that was frustrating. I actually haven't finished. I think there's, I've got one more episode to watch. I haven't finished it yet. So I'll, I'll get to it, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I would still recommend it. I would still recommend it. I would definitely watch it. It's it's worth the watch, but um, it's it right. gets frust- it gets frustrating for a little while. Yeah, a little nauseating, even. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The nineties, the nineties part is brutal. Nineties <laughs> part is brutal. Uh, but anyways, um, so I don't know what what else has been going on with you. Well, like I said, school getting back has been has been pretty uh, pretty impactful on on our side. But um, yeah, no, we're just we're just getting trying to get back in the swing of things. You know, each each passing kind of event is is a reminder of how close we are to 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 football. Um, we're we're yeah. kind of winding down some of the Olympics, which have been kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel as it comes to to sports watching. Um, Last night, the U.S. you know won the Gold Cup, which is actually a pretty pretty big feat for them for my soccer fans out there. Um, but yeah, uh, Manchester United kicked, has kicked off their their preseason tour and picking up where they left off last year, but not performing very well. So <laughs> I'm well, I'm hey, excited for had, I'm excited for football. <laughs> well, we had uh, we had Atlanta United's. Uh, Miles Robinson hit had the uh, winning goal in the Gold Cup. Right? That's true. So, yes, so that was good. That was good for the Atlanta United fans out there. That was certainly uh, bitter. It was it was very nice on a number of levels because what you had was you know he he didn't really get a whole lot of attention when um, Tata Martino was was the head coach at Atlanta United, and so it was somewhat fitting. I joked about this on Twitter that and there's a bunch of other people that mentioned it as well, but. Um, did did Miles Robinson just get Tata Martino fired <laughs> so that he could come <laughs> back that. so that he could so that he could come back and coach Atlanta United? <laughs> uh, I saw that. I'm all over that. I would absolutely love that conspiracy theory. 
so I guess kind of bouncing around what's what's going on. So we we had uh, I know we talked a little NIL with with Logan. We obviously had Chase on and and got the story behind iconic brands or NIL there. And I know we saw uh, I, I don't know we saw I guess a big announcement. I don't know. So we got Keely Ringo is now officially, uh, I guess, has an NIL deal with Bojangles. So how, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Do we know what it I, means? I, do we have any idea what it means? I have no idea what it means. <laughs> I don't know. My only guess is, is that the college kid gets uh, some, some free food at a bare minimum. Um, he'll get some chicken biscuits and uh, probably some sweet biscuits and things like that. Um, so I'm sure that, I'm sure that uh, he gets a little bit of action off of that deal uh, in the form of food. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, okay, so I'm perusing the Bojangles Twitter feed. And one of the most recent Twitters, uh, or one of the most recent tweets is a retweet of, as we now know how to pronounce, DJ Ui Ungalele. <laughs> so he has tweeted and has tagged Bojangles and saying that the new, he says, duh, you know that Bojangles dropped a new Bo's chicken sandwich. Fire emoji. Go get up. And get you the best thing out right now. Multiple hashtags, and there's like a video of him eating it. So I'm assuming, uh, the my understanding of how these things work. I mean, in general, he was probably he's probably getting. I guess they're getting paid. There's no telling. It could be on a per tweet basis, right? It could be X dollars per tweet, or they could be have like a contract that says they have to tweet X tweets over some kind of amount of time or something. So I guess. Oh, yeah. Are they on the? Um... Are they on Drew Butler's? On the on they, Icon Source? Are they on the Icon Source? Yeah. Probably. You know, my got a podcast is on Icon Source. So any athletes out there, you know, if you want to reach out, we're on there. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're big time. Uh, uh, Kyrus Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not. Well, I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? He's not an Icon Source. Not less. Not less than my check. Maybe I'll cut that out. We'll see. Yeah, so I guess we'll look look for some uh, Bojangles tweets coming from Keely Ringo. I would imagine. I would imagine that's what that's all about. Right. So, so who, what, what, what nil deals do you do you want to see? Do I want to see? Well, I can tell you off the top of my head. You know, Jordan Davis has to be sponsored by Swedish fish. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have Jordan Davis on Swedish fish. That, that's, that's one thing that I would, I would love to see. Um, I would also think that there'd be a, a, a nice barbecue joint, um, in the Athens greater area that, that might be interested in, in sponsoring an offensive lineman of sorts. Yeah. So I, I I'm, I'm still waiting for like, I do want to see one. I don't know. And I guess maybe it's like the the introduction of social media since the times we were talking about, right? Because when we had John and Hunter on, we were talking about like all the old, like super cheesy coaches commercials, um, <laughs> you know, that there used to be. And like Jim Donnan had, you know, silly ones. Everyone, I know, like uh, if you ever Google or like go on YouTube and look up like Bobby Knight commercials, like he would, okay. he would pitch like anything. And so there was these like super cringy, like hilarious commercials. So I guess I was kind of like thinking, 
that we would see some stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe that stuff kind of stuff will come as the season goes on. Cause I'm still, I'm still waiting to see like, you know, random local small business purchases, advertising time on local TV station kind of deal, you know, like right, right, in, right. in Athens or whatever. Um, I don't know. I feel like those would be funny, but I don't know that we'll see those. Cause I guess, you know, maybe they'll just tweet out a video of themselves for the same business instead, as opposed to doing a full like commercial. I don't know. Right. I feel like it hasn't, it hasn't like, at least from my perspective, I feel like it hasn't like exploded. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be the wild, wild west and things are going to be crazy. I mean, other than I, I think it hasn't been to me, hasn't been crazy. Like we've seen the guys come out with their own brands, like all the guys that are going with iconic. We we've seen that in a couple other places as well. We've mm-hmm. heard the statement from Saban, you know, that their quarterback has nearing approaching seven figures or whatever, however he worded it. I still don't know what to believe that. But I don't think we've seen uh, – we, I, I, it hasn't been like an influx to me. Or maybe I'm not paying attention as much, but I haven't, I haven't seen it be quote-unquote crazy. Maybe that's just because the season hasn't started yet. I don't know. So we, t- we talked a little bit about this in the text chain about whether or not they're – do, are we a hundred percent positive of whether or not these kids have to disclose their deals or can they be as private as they want about it? I, th- I feel like that, like on the yeah. surface, you would have to disclose it to the school just so that they're like keeping tabs on everything. And, you know, and, and maybe even to a certain extent approving some of these, um, cause you can't just like go off and, you know, be sponsored by a, a local liquor store or something like that, right? So, like, yeah, I, I, I just really don't know how much you know policing is going on with some of this. So, are you saying basically like, insert player has tweeted about some product and you just don't realize that it's because of an nil deal? Is that what you're getting at? Well, what I was saying was is that maybe some of these guys have signed deals and just haven't disclosed it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I would imagine that's happening. I guess I, I'm just thinking like, uh, yeah, I guess if, because if, if that's the case, then maybe we just haven't seen that's like whatever they're going to do come to fruition yet. Right. Like, right. We haven't seen all the ads or whatever that could eventually come out of that. They just haven't hit whatever. Right. Haven't hit social media, haven't hit TV just yet. We're still waiting on those. I mean, that, and that's certainly possible. I would say, yeah, they definitely don't have to go and announce like, I've signed with whatever brand I would assume, you know, like they could, but I'm sure there's things that have, I'm sure there are deals that have been struck that have not been announced yet. And so I don't know, maybe those are the kind of ones that we'll see the commercials and such come from down the line. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, the things that I'd be looking for are, you know, some of the bigger, obviously some of the bigger names, like it's surprising to me that JT Daniels hasn't come out with something more like prominent, like, you know, uh, like Brock Vandegrift came out with, you know, onward reserve was, was pretty quick there. Like, you know, they're, you know, we've been joking, like, you know, you got Bojangles sponsoring guys. You got the, the seven figure deal from, uh, from the Alabama quarterback. So like you've got, Milo sponsoring Alabama and, and Auburn players, uh, which by the way, what was the Bryce Young deal for? Like, does it, do we even know like what? No, like what was the, the sponsor on that? <laughs> he didn't say, and that's the whole thing. Where I still think it was like a recruiting ploy by Saban. Like, come to Alabama, be the quarterback, you can get a million dollar 
NIL deal. Like we, he, he said nothing. He didn't give any like real information about it. The, the only thing we have seen from JT or the only thing I've seen was there. I saw pictures posted of him signing helmets. Did you see that? So he is, he was doing like a signing. Um, so he was signing a bunch of helmets and they were going to sell them. And I know it, uh, it sparked some debate on uniform Twitter because, uh, it was like a it was a Georgia helmet, but it was like matte black. Did you see that? It wasn't even a red helmet. Helmet. Yeah, I saw that. I thought it looked pretty sharp. It looked sharp to have a signature on it, but how about be worn? <laughs> I thought it looked I thought it looked pretty sharp because, um, you know, I don't know that I don't know that we're going to wear that one. But like, as yeah. a as a conceptual idea, I thought it looked pretty cool. I mean, I don't know that I would ever buy it, but it looked kind of cool. <laughs> Just because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like a get off my lawn when it comes to that sort of thing. When you mess with the the helmets, like we can we can go all over the place on some of the uniform stuff, you know, whatever. I'm not a huge fan of the all red that kind of blew up there with Hunter uh, <laughs> recently. But the when you start messing with the helmet, though, ew, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel. The only one I've seen, I have seen Hunter did a mock up. I think Chase just resurrected it the other day and it's like a it's basically a throwback uh it's like a silver helmet which is what the helmet was before it was the red helmet um so we used to actually wear silver helmets and it's got like a block letter g on it um i think they were saying like maybe a homecoming kind of deal but i don't know know, everyone says you know don't mess the helmet which i tend to in general i i agree with so but you mentioned the hunter red pants i mean again i'll say again there's nothing like being tagged in one of Hunter's uh, <laughs> uniform threads. I think that was the craziest one that I've ever seen. I mean, it was like two days later, I was still getting notifications on that by people who were just outraged by the... So for those who had, who, who were not tagged and did not see the Twitter thread, there was some recruits in town recently taking pictures in uh, like the normal red home jersey with the throwback red pants that were worn at Arkansas last year. And so Hunter, Hunter, uh, I think, threw a grenade into Twitter and said, all right, at, you know, Twitter, how do you feel? What would you do if uh, the dogs run out of the tunnel and wearing this uh, in Charlotte against Clemson? And, like, <laughs> I mean, all hell broke loose on Twitter. It was crazy. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, many, uh, many get off my lawns. Uh, many red pants are okay with the white jerseys. Uh, no red, red and red. Lots of uh, I don't know. It, it, it went on forever. That was comical. So thank you, Hunter. I'm I'm always here for it. I, I hope I definitely don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining when I say that there's nothing like being tagged in it. I'm here for it. I love it. I, I get a kick out of it. I, I'm actually impressed by the self awareness that he had on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Are yeah. Are you? <laughs> the fact that he knew what he was doing is probably one of the bigger pieces of like, wow, I can't believe he knew that was going to happen because <laughs> he warned right. us. He warned us. I'm going to throw a grenade in uniform Twitter. Watch this. And we were all like, just ha 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 ha. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear Lord. What happens when Hunter tosses a grenade at uniform Twitter? <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Amazing. Um, well, I, I don't know. I was kind of perusing Twitter to see 
if there was anything else going on. I'm not really seeing uh, a whole lot, but the, I guess the two things are one, the, uh, the kid that's going to go to Ohio state like now, um, right. is actually like foregoing his senior year of high school, uh, has enough credits to graduate and he's going straight to Ohio state right now. I think it sounds like a big part of it has to do with the fact that, um, I guess he's in Texas, right. And in Texas, you can't, capitalize on NIL in high school um, because it would actually make you ineligible. And so he wants to go ahead and start college now to have NIL, uh, get NIL money, I guess, whatever, you know, now. Um, Which is definitely something I didn't think about when you talk about like impacts of NIL, right? That's not something that did cross my mind. We've had, we've had kids for years graduating high school a semester early and um, you know, being there for spring ball. Although I guess I think JT Daniels actually like reclassified and, and graduated high school early as well. So I guess it's it's been happening, but um, I know we may see it happen even more now with NIL. We'll see. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting because you've got these guys that are. I mean, I think that I was I was posting some conjecture with you earlier on this was you know are they going to walk on or are they going to reclassify? I think in the case of this guy, he's, he's reclassifying, right? So he's going to, he's going to literally fill a roster spot as opposed to just coming in, walking on and pick up your scholarship next year kind of thing. And that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch schools navigate some of that because, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't pay attention to Ohio state's recruiting or their roster management, but if he's coming on board, for th- as part of this year's class, that means that they had to have had an open scholarship for him. Otherwise, right. you'd be left with a numbers crunch kind of situation where it's like someone's going to be left with the short end of the stick in that merry-go-round. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, that's one thing that Kirby's been really good with is is managing the numbers. And that's been probably one of the quieter upgrades from the Richt era was – you know, we had guys that we had, we had scholarships left over after in the middle of summer. Cause I can remember, Oh yeah, we, we, you know, we were awarded scholarships to all these different players and stuff. And it's like, wait, what? So we had like open, you know, open scholarships that we could have like navigated and we didn't. So mm-hmm. to me, that means that if you're doing stuff like that, then that means that there's a bit of a roster management problem going on there in my opinion because you plan these things out and i recognize that the name image likeness has thrown a wrench in some of this so you can't exactly plan for that but um yeah i mean it just means that the coaches are now going to have to think about that like do i have if you're offering scholarships to these kids are they going to graduate early and expect to come in you know what i mean that's going to be part of the decision making process which as we all know adding more elements for decisions for 18 year olds is probably (laughs) not the best of things for right for for people that follow such recruiting environments and need to be talked off the ledge (laughs) oh something just popped in my head that i know uh i meant to bring up that i totally forgot about our last episode so i had to uh i have to give credit to robert wolf uh dog fan 1980 uh, for calling out the ending of our last episode <laughs> on Twitter. So I think he said something, something to the effect of he noticed that our we ran out of quarters on our call. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yes. When we, when we had Logan Booker on, uh, it was my fault. We like had kind of finished 
our what we wanted to talk about like for the podcast, but then I hit stop before we all said like go dogs everything. So that was my bad. Uh, I probably should have had an outro or something because I get it definitely ended kind of awkwardly. Um, so and you know what? I definitely welcome all uh, call outs. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call us out for something, totally fine with that. I, I got a huge kick, about, kick out of that. I thought that was awesome. Because um, you um, yourself would call people out too. <laughs> well, yes, like that was always my move. I've kind of dialed back, <laughs> dialed that back a little bit. Um, although I don't know, have I? I? I guess you know, in the summer there's not as many podcasts out, but I definitely have not been doing that. But uh, I definitely have been known to uh, point things out about other podcasts. Although I don't, know, I, I I feel like I've been kind of annoying about it. So I, because mine was more like you said this and it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was which, more aggressive right right which again like to logan's point uh no, no need to argue about such things on uh, on, on twitter um, you've, you've become a better person for it jim that's right that's right that's right and then the other thing is uh that i remembered i wanted to make sure we talked about was we did get a new review in so we, we always say in the opening that if you leave us a review uh we will we will read it so um we got a new review, five stars from Jones Dog. And so I will read it. Yes. The title of it is just thank you. So first off, Jones Dog, you're welcome, I guess. We'll say there. Um, <laughs> so the, the review says, needed another Georgia podcast. I cut a lot of grass for people in my neighborhood and really enjoyed listening to my first episode today. Saw you guys on YouTube at the gym and gave you a try. Thanks for what you do. Go dogs. So I also, I think I... I, I, we hadn't read this on here, but I did tweet that out. And my assumption is that if they saw us on YouTube, they saw us on the Dog Sports Live uh, crossover where we did our, our, our playoff expansion uh, crossover with, with, with Graham and Josh. Um, so also shout out to dog, the guys who were at Dog Sports Live and to uh, Jones Dog's Gym um, for, for, for showing Dog Sports Live. I don't know if this is their home gym or do they go to a gym where uh, Dog Sports Live is featured on, on YouTube. I, I, I feel like I need a little bit more information. So Jones Dog, reach out. We're, we're, we're curious. <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming he had YouTube up on his cellular device. That, that, that makes sense. That, that probably makes more sense. Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so back to uh, where I was, I was perusing Twitter. I think the biggest thing that went around today was uh, it was PFF College had tweeted out that, uh, that Clemson and Florida State have reached out, I think was the, the, the terminology, uh, to the SEC that they are also interested in, in joining the SEC. Um, so we've already got you know, the official, I think when we talked to Logan, it was speculated, right? And we had the reports and we kind of knew that it might happen. But at this point, all that is official, you know, invitations extended to Oklahoma and Texas and invitations accepted. So that'll happen in 2025 at the latest. Um, but now we're, we're, we're starting to hear that potentially other teams are, are reaching out as well. Right, right, right. I think that uh, I, don't know, I don't know. I think that that's that's something that will be be interesting to watch if these if we start seeing it picked up by some more sub, substantiated sources. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so with that, 
don't know. Why don't what do you say? What do you say we bring in Seth Emerson to talk to us about that, John? What do you think? Oh, oh, you you don't say. Look, it just so happens we've got him on the horn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Seth, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of when that there was a tweet. I think it was what PFF College was saying that that Clemson and Florida State have reached out. I think was the way it was worded. So I don't know if you had even seen that. Oh, I, you know, I I don't think that kind of story breaks on some random guy's <laughs> Twitter feed or whatever. I, that yeah. kind of thing, like, it gets leaked intentionally to – not that the Texas-Oklahoma thing was leaked to the Houston Chronicle. It was more the Houston Chronicle was looking into it for a – this is the way Brent Swinerman has explained it. He was looking – he was doing some 10-year look-back because he covers Texas A&M stories. And in the course of writing it, someone told him, hey, uh, you need to check into this. And mm. at that point, someone said, hey, as long as he's – thinking of writing it, we're going to confirm it for him. Um, that's how that happened. But it's, it's not, it's not some random dude. There, there's been a lot of, I saw this 10 years ago and we've seen it in this round of realignment where some really random people slash outlets try to kind of, you know, make, make a name for themselves or, throw some bu- a bunch of stuff up against the wall and, and hope they get some of it right. Got it. Yeah, I know. I, I, I saw you tweet about that the other day. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's, that's always interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess with this, like, one thing I, I guess I always say, and I've been reading uh, all your stuff on The Athletic, Seth, and, I mean, including your Q&A that, that you did from Friday, um, which the answers from Moorhead, I thought were, I guess it was interesting the way everything was answered. The Q part was good, I guess, is what I've been told. There was a Q. That, there wasn't so much an A in that. that yes, you, you succinctly, <laughs> you said that much more succinctly <laughs> than what yeah. I was getting to. But I mean, ultimately, like I always kind of say with this kind of stuff, it's like, you know, why are we doing this? And I always say, follow the money. The answer is money. I mean, like, is there like, but I always, you always want there to be something else too. I mean, like who is benefiting other than I guess Texas and Oklahoma from this other than just everyone could make more money. Cause I I'm having a hard time seeing like what the quote unquote upside is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious what you all think from the standpoint of Georgia. I, I think Georgia is one of those schools that's going to be okay. Um, Alabama, even in the post Nick Saban era, probably okay. Florida, LSU, uh, but after that, I mean, bringing Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC is going to make it harder for, I would venture to say, a majority of the schools to get in the playoff. And it, it just seems to me like arguably a short-sighted decision by a lot of people. Um, I mean, it, I, I see from a money standpoint and from – if you're the SEC office, if you're Greg Sankey in Texas and Oklahoma, reach out to you. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, your, your job as the conference commissioner is to make your conference the best. Right. And and I've, I've written this a couple times that when nobody is in charge of college sports, everybody's going to look out for themselves. So Texas and Oklahoma were looking out for themselves, although they're making their life, their path difficult 
more difficult now. They could have just dominated the Big 12, but they were looking out for themselves by getting more money. SEC is looking out for itself by making itself stronger. But I would argue that so many of these schools, the Missouris, the South Carolinas, I mean, Kentucky can lean on basketball, so I kind of see their advantage. Vanderbilt didn't have a chance anyway. But (laughs) Mississippi State, Ole Miss, those schools, Arkansas, are trading hope for money. And and I don't, I just, if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't be crazy about this. That, yeah, that, that's kind of how I was feeling. It doesn't, so I don't know, I guess you agree with me, but that, that doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies, but <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> I guess thanks for the, the input there. And I mean, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, you know, we're talking from the Georgia, Georgia perspective. I, I would, I, from a competitiveness standpoint, I would agree. Like, I, I guess not a big difference, but um, I guess like sentimental and, I don't know, just history and such. I mean, I am worried about the rivalries. And and so Seth, I mean, yeah. when I reached out to you, like, cause you had, I think replied or retweeted my tweet from Friday, right? Where someone had said, we need to make sure, like, you know, priority one is protect the in-state rivalries. And my thought was, okay, it, you know, it's, it's more than that. We can't have Georgia Auburn stop, you know, have that yeah. rivalry yeah. cease. And, and that's what concerns me. Um, I don't know. I guess reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and, and I, I agree. I think there's, I, I think there's number one, you need to protect that. If you're Georgia, number two, you need to give your fan base a more diverse schedule. Mm-hmm. And if they keep divisions and just bring Auburn and Alabama to the East, Missouri to the West. The good news is there you lose the Missouri game because <laughs> that game's no fun. Uh, right. That's Darn. a terrible trip. Unless unless they sometime in the future expand the Columbia-Missouri airport so that we can fly directly in there on Friday. Otherwise, that's just a hell of a trip. I, I hate it. You know, Every now and then it's fine, but in 2012 it was neat, but every trip since then it's been like, come on, why are we doing this? Got but, it, right. Yeah. Like, dude, so if you do that, that's one thing. You add Alabama every year. You keep Auburn. But do you really need to play Kentucky and Vanderbilt every year? And Kentucky, you know, I mean, Kentucky, people like the Keeneland trip every other year. I get that. But I, I think that if you play every team in the SEC, if you set it up so you've got a core group of teams that you play every year, but then you rotate everybody else so that mm. – player will come in as a freshman and will be guaranteed to play a game at every SEC stadium if he's there over the course of four or five years. That's very doable. Go to a three or four team pod system where you play the same three or four teams every year and you rotate the rest of your games, and it's very doable. Keeping divisions, even if you go to a ninth game, that doesn't fix it mathematically. So yeah. I, I think as far as what realignment does, I, I don't like it, but there's a possibility that it will pay off and there'll be a benefit to it if they handle this the right way. And, and we'll, we'll see. What I've been told is there's a lot of moving parts and there's, there's a lot that has, they have to work through, but that at the moment, the 
betting favorite, maybe light betting favorite, but the betting favorite is they are going to go to pods, which would be good news. Okay. And with it, with it being a pod, it basically just means it's for scheduling purposes only. It's not like I yeah. win my pod, I advance or anything like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you can't like, you can't have four divisions and then a mini playoff because right. yeah, you, there isn't the, yeah, there, there isn't the, I mean, I think if the SEC keeps growing, maybe they can do that. Um, yeah. I've wondered in my mind, like, what if, what if the rest of the country gets so ticked off at the SEC for what they did that they say, we're going to limit the amount of teams in the new 12 team playoff. The SEC says you can't do that, and so they both kind of stop off into their corners. And at the end of the year, the other conferences do their own playoff. The SEC can then do its own playoff, and then maybe they meet for the national championship. Um, if, if you're the rest of the country, that may actually be a preferable option because then you guarantee that it's not a two SEC team championship game, which under the current setup, there's a decent chance it would be. Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah, it seems like it seems like that the SEC is really starting to form its own super league. Especially if I mean, I get granted. I know we we started off talking about the rumor mill with uh, you know Clemson and, and Florida State, but we've, we we were conject we were conjecting that a little bit. If if you were missing any teams to make things more interesting for the group. Um, including a team like LSU, including FSU, uh, a team like Clemson into the equation makes things that much more interesting from a scheduling standpoint. It keeps the season ticket holders happy, that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, it uh, kind of keeps those rivalries that would otherwise be lost if we expanded the, you know, the schedules and things like that, then all of a sudden Florida's like, well, we have to get rid of Florida State now. Well, if Florida State's in the fold, then that eases some of that burden. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with Clemson and Florida State, again, these are some random reports that are out there. Uh, right, right, right. I wouldn't really put much <laughs> stock in them, but but I think they also, the ACC has a grant of rights that ties them in until like 2035. Oklahoma and Texas are tied in until 2025. So it was a little easier for them to move to the SEC and then try to try to figure it out so they can get in a few years sooner. We're talking 15 years out for any ACC school. So right. I, I just I don't know about that. But but when you talk about scheduling, I mean I've kind of gone back and forth with people on Twitter about this and, and my columns too. There's this tendency to think a ninth SEC game just fixes everything, and I, I've kind of explained why it doesn't if you keep divisions. But also, if you go to an, if you add another SEC game, something's going away. Now, so everyone says, well, just replace the guarantee games. You know, get rid of the Charleston Southern, et cetera, games. Like, okay, do you think schools are going to do that? Or do you mm-hmm. think they're going to get rid of the marquee games that they've scheduled? Because there's a reason you do the guarantee games. Yep. And your coach is sitting there saying, hold on, you're going to take away – one of our guaranteed wins where we get to develop our younger players and rest our veterans and you're going to replace it with a harder game. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think Georgia, Georgia tech is going to go away. I don't think Florida, Florida state's going to go away, but before all this, you know, Georgia had scheduled Texas and Oklahoma. Georgia has scheduled Florida state. Georgia has scheduled Clemson. 
for two neutral site games and, and a home and home series. So right. those are the games that are in danger of going away if you go to a ninth SEC game. So a lot of people should be kind of careful what you wish for here. Yeah, and I was, I was trying to figure out, um, Seth, when I, I saw I tried to figure out if we went to a nine-game schedule with uh, the new expansion, you know, could we make it work? Because that way you could play, again, if you move Alabama and Auburn to the east, Missouri to the west, then you eliminate the Iron Bowl going away, Georgia-Auburn going away, or Alabama-Tennessee. I think those are the three that people are most worried about. Um, LSU-Florida is probably the next one that would go away annually. But then even then, if you have you know, two opponents on the other side – and you rotate kind of like one on one off, like it used to be, then that still takes, I think eight years to get through the whole cycle of playing every team home and home, which to your point earlier, sure would be nice if, you know, a player, if a four year player, right. could play everywhere. And it definitely didn't solve that problem. You'd only get through half of it, which I think would still stink. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, if you take the, if you make it a whole big kind of master plan where you go to a ninth game, but you also go to pods, then I think people will be swimming in like joy with the you know how many times you'll be go be able to go see Georgia play at Texas A and M and see Texas A and M play here again and be able to yeah. go play different. I mean it's gonna be like you know more a little bit more like basketball where you see these teams at least once. Um, you won't literally be able to do that in football. But I also think there's a way to do it within eight. You can get that if you stay at eight games and. Then, I mean, I don't know what we're getting on SEC teams about. Like, you know, I think there's this perception nationally that SEC teams are just coasting by with these easy schedules, but they're not paying attention. It's almost like this cognitive dissonance. They're not paying attention when Georgia plays Notre Dame. They're not paying attention when Alabama plays these, uh, you know, these neutral site openers. What, What was it against Wisconsin last year? Um, they're, they're kind of looking past that Georgia is playing Clemson open this year and how many times this happened. Like, you don't, they don't give the SEC credit for when they do that. They just knock the SEC when their teams are playing Charleston Southern. And it doesn't really matter. It's just something we talk about. But now, you know, the SEC is going to go to a ninth game just to satisfy the rest of the country. So they get off them about expansion. I, I think that would be short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I mean, I, I, as, a, as a, you know, if you were to ask me what I, how I felt about this, like, I mean, as an unbiased observer, I would definitely prefer to have the marquee games. <laughs> like, like as yeah. a, as a fan, as a neutral, I feel like that the average person and probably more importantly, and, you know, we haven't said the quiet part out loud is ESPN probably would prefer to have the premier matchups too. So, I do think that there's going to be that little bit of element of driving factor in, in some of the decision-making that goes on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if you do this, what, what is, what, again, simply going to a ninth game, if you're the TV people, if that's going to make Georgia stop scheduling Clemson and Florida State um, and before this Texas and Oklahoma, um, who else do they have? Um, Ohio State. Is Georgia going to cancel Ohio State? so that it can play Ole Miss? Like, if you're ESPN, which game do you prefer? I guess on, a, on an annual basis, that could, that could potentially change. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I think – th- where, do, where, do where do you see it ending? Do you see, like, 
conferences like merging and things like that? Like, what do you think the grand, the grand vision is here? I'm not sure there is one. I think people <laughs> assume this is part of some grand vision, but my, my read on it is that Texas and, and uh, Texas and Oklahoma were unhappy in the big 12. And a lot of it went back to when the big 12 reached out to ESPN and Fox about a new TV deal and ESPN and Fox were like, nah, we're good. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you when the time comes. And Texas and Oklahoma said, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't working for us. And uh, they reached out to the SEC and the SEC, whether you think it's good or not, uh, said, well, Texas and Oklahoma are interested in us, so we have to pursue it. And I think that's, that's all it is. Now, it may lead to something else, but I don't think yeah. it's part of any grand machinations behind the scenes for something larger. And was it the same? I'm trying to remember, like, the last cycle. I mean, was it pretty much the same thing, but just dominoes fell and ended up, same thing ended up happening in multiple conferences? And just from the standpoint of not any kind of master thing, but everyone's looking out for themselves, and last time it evolved into multiple conferences expanding. Yeah. Just arms race kind that's of That's the way I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I remember it last time. Is I think there was one visionary person involved in all that, and that was Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, who was trying to turn it into the big Pac-16 and go get all the Texas mm. schools, the marquee Texas schools, plus Oklahoma schools. And when that deal broke up, uh, Larry Scott ended up at adding, what, Utah and Colorado? Um, mm. And, you know, those are good. Geographically, they're a fit, but they weren't marquee, and the Pac-12 is irrelevant in football now. Um, and Texas A&M went to the SEC, and I mean, I think I, I think the world of Mike's live. I think he was great. I'm not sure he was this visionary when it came to that. I think Texas A&M expressed interest, and in, much like Greg Sankey now with Texas and Oklahoma, it was like, "You want to come?" Yeah, of course. And then they went and got Missouri because they needed a 14th team. But also, I think the school president of the SEC really liked the idea of Missouri academically in there and so that was a good way to round it up got it mm. interesting no I, I i appreciate all the insight and also kind of validating that from from the last last round um but i want to be respectful of your time do you have a minute for just a couple of non-expansion questions yes yes yeah okay. please please actually okay yeah so. <laughs> i was just about to say i imagine you're probably tired of writing about this and talking about this because in, in, in the if, if you in a perfect world like where what would you do like Seth Emerson is the in charge of in charge of college football. What would you do? And then we'll move on. Um, I I like regional conferences. I like um, I, I think that putting it succinctly, and I, I put this in my column. If if they're trying to move to this super leagues kind of thing, that's like a mini NFL, then it's going to suffer in the comparison to the real NFL. You need to keep what makes college football unique and some people think better i think they're both good but college sports college football is unique because of the geography and the regional rivalries and i mean if you told me this ended up in four 16 team leagues mm-hmm. i guess i could live with it but i kind of like it being spread out even a little more i mean i i think four yeah. 16 team leagues to me would have been better if texas and oklahoma weren't two of the 16 and the SEC because at that point it becomes too strong. Um, I would have preferred like, I mean, I might've preferred the whole pack 16 concept from before, but even then Texas shouldn't be in the Pacific. I, I, I think 
five or six big leagues is is kind of the way to go. I, I, I kind of like it when you had the Southwest Conference and the Big Eight and you had smaller <laughs> leagues and things were more intimate. And, yeah. and if you go to a 12-team playoff, then guess what? There's room for eight or nine conference champions and two or three clearly good wild cards. I mean, I, I'm not a traditionalist as in like never, you know, get off my lawn, whatever. I love the 12 team playoff. I always wanted a playoff. I think 12 is, it was a perfect number, but I don't like 12 team playoff drawing out of like two, three, four super leagues. I mean, there's that, yeah. that then it's becoming in my mind, really devaluing the regular season. So, so you're only you're only quietly get off my lawn. <laughs> I, I, I say get off my lawn, Seth, all the time. So that, 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 I, I'm that guy. Full disclosure. But John, you, I don't think you you had a Georgia an actual Georgia football question. We'll, we'll I did. I did. Seth, we talked with Logan uh, recently as well, Logan Booker, and one of the things that we were asking him was, you know, you were at you were at SEC Media Days, right? So like, yeah. What? who who in your circles are you guys most excited to see like who are you personally and who are people talking about that we maybe haven't heard a whole lot about or that people are just kind of quietly talking amongst themselves like who are you excited to see uh, i don't know that we really talked about that <laughs> we talked more about um you know making sure everyone was vaccinated um, <laughs> right so you know we want to make sure we're not giving jt daniels the covid um, right. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's impossible not to be really curious about Eric Gilbert and how he fits in um, and how that works. I'm, I'm, I was, I did my offensive depth chart story. I just finished writing it. It'll be up on the athletic probably by the time this airs I'm going around and seeing all the different receiver options. Was, that was intriguing. Um, defense is intriguing for, I want to see, how they handle some of these moving parts on defense, guys that can play multiple positions and how they move guys around. Like Adam Anderson had, what was it, like six and a half sacks last year with like, you know, some of the fewest snaps of yeah. any contributor on defense. I want to see how many snaps he has and how he converts that into not even just sacks, but like pressures and havoc rate and stuff like that. Um, he's, he's to me the most intriguing guy on George's defense. I would agree with that. It's definitely, well, he's definitely been one that we've been hoping for a nice breakout, like David Pollock type season, you know, David Pollock, 2002 type season. Well, it's yeah. interesting too, with him getting older. Like, I feel like just yesterday, Channing Tindall was the freshman we were talking about, and now he's a senior, Like I don't know, time flies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I guess it also just speaks to the depth that we've had. Right. But I, I'm glad to hear you say Anderson. That's, that's definitely one of the guys we're looking out for. Um, yeah. And then just out, I, I don't know, like, do you, what about the, the transfers coming in and I guess acquiescing to system and team culture, et cetera. Is that a concern at all? Um, I, I, I haven't heard anything bad yet, but I, I think that that is a legit concern. You've got three guys that were used to playing at their, they were starters. Eric Gilbert was only for one year, so he's a guy who's more likely, I think, to come in and kind of not try to take over right away and not have too much of an ego about it. And Darian Kendrick and Tyke Smith are going to play on defense. They're going to start, but they're guys that are used to 
expecting among, you know, they're, they're, I think they're kind of, I don't know if I'd say expecting to come in and be some of the key guys on defense or the two or three leaders, but, you know, how, how are things going to go when things aren't going as well? Um, what if they lose to Clemson? Does it result in any egos in the locker room and finger pointing when, in fact, like, it doesn't really matter. You could lose to Clemson and still waltz into Atlanta 11-1 and one for the chance right. to make the playoff. Um, right. I, I am cur- curious about those kind of things. They are experimenting a little bit by having so many new guys introducing themselves into a locker room where you do have a lot of veterans already. And so it, it's something to watch. Well, Seth, I, I really appreciate your time. I want to make sure we tell everyone where to go check you out. So Seth W. Emerson on Twitter. Um, I'm assuming most of our listeners already subscribe to The Athletic. We talk about you like every show, by the way. We're, we're always referencing and saying to read your stuff because we, we are big fans. Um, and then the book is out, Attack the Day. Um, Seth, I wanted to say personally, thank you. Uh, I, I know you did a lot with Avid Bookshop when it came out. I'm actually a high school graduate classmate with Janet who owns Avid. So I just wanted to say thanks. Um, So old friend. So that was really cool. So thanks for that. Um, And then as you're also a fellow new edition fan, I had to get that in. So you and I share love of new edition and, and all of the offshoots. Can, Can I ask who, who is your favorite, like down the line group, I guess, spinoff from new edition? Who is, do you have a favorite? Or do you well, even the only care? Group, per se, was, yeah, I mean, no, well, I mean, let I, me I say, uh, Axe. How about Axe, right? Because yeah, it could yeah. be so well, I mean, I, I was, I always said I was a Ralph Tresvant guy, and, and okay. I, I guess I still feel awake, but I, I mean, as time has gone on, I've kind of appreciated that the catalog for Bobby Brown was mm, more, yeah. um, especially for Don't Be Cruel. I mean, there was so much good stuff in that, you know, when you go yep. to Every Little Step and Brody and Rockwich and everything. Um, but, uh, no, they were, you know, they, they literally all were good. They all had a great first album when they left yep. new edition and then nothing ever is good. Like their second album's all tanked. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which True. was too that's, bad. That's very true. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I always, for me, it was always between either Bobby Brown or, or Bob DeVoe, but I would, I would also, I think I would put don't be cruel above the album poison. If you put them up head to head. Although those, those two were, were both excellent for me. But at any rate, I like to take us off the rails occasionally, Seth, and I, and I knew you were a fan of them. So, <laughs> Well, if you're going to go off the rails, I approve of it. <laughs> this, this is not uh, – uh, this is – I'm trying to bring back the damn good tangent just for you, Seth. So try, try to do that. Um, and if, and if, if you need anyone to recommend anyone over at, at The Athletic to bring back the damn good podcast, hit me up because I, I listened to every episode of that and uh, – Thank you. I, I can give you some talking points. <laughs> or I, I, I don't know. I can back up that if that ever needs to resurrect. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, Seth, this has been great. Uh, appreciate you All taking right. some time out of your day to talk to us. Uh, very informative. And uh, thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Go, Enjoy it. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. I can't. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Thanks, Seth. <laughs>